How many glad to be in the house of the Lord? I'm expecting God to do great things tonight. And I want you to reach out. We're going to go to prayer. I want you to reach out and believe. Because we're living in a day right now that God is manifesting Himself. He ain't just revealing Himself. There's a difference. The Lord spoke to me last year, beginning of the year. And He said there's a difference between the word reveal and manifest. And I was preaching them right along the same lines. And the Lord took me into a visitation. He said, when I reveal myself, He said, I give you wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of my word. He said, but when I manifest myself, He said, it comes forth in demonstration. There's a big difference between reveal and manifest. And I was teaching them right along the same line. But God told me, He said, big difference. So God can reveal something to you. But then it's got to be made manifest. Paul said, I came to you. When I come to you, I didn't come with enticing words of men's wisdom. He said, but I came in demonstration. Demonstration of the Spirit and power. There's a lot of people talk a good talk. But there's no deliverance. There's no manifestation of what people say they've been taught. And it's good to have knowledge of God and wisdom of God. But I'm going to tell you something. Your knowledge and wisdom ain't going to set this world free. It's going to be the manifestation of that power. It's going to be that demonstration. Amen? It's going to be that demonstration. Uh, I've got a real simple word tonight. But it's something God put in my spirit. I believe it's going to touch every one of you. I believe it's going to touch every one of you and give you a, a new vision and a new focus to press forward in God. But I want us to go to prayer. And all I want you to do is ask the Lord, give me eyes to see. Give me ears to hear. And let my heart understand. What's the Spirit speaking? I come in here and preach good messages. I can preach a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom, a lot of revelation. Some of y'all might not even understand it. But what good is it? Something needs to motivate us to move forward in God. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you something. The world's got what a Christian is. they got it all messed up. All people think a Christian's supposed to do is run around and love. Let the enemy just push them around and walk all over them. Let me tell you something. The people Jesus first touched, they were first called Christians at Antioch, but them people had power in their lives. They had deliverance in their lives. You want a witness? Don't go stand on the street corner and hand out a track. Get in your prayer chamber and seek God. Come out with power and become a witness. Set lives free. Heal, deliver. Destroy them yokes. For as long as I've been preaching, I've been preaching 49 years this year, about seven, eight years into the ministry, God started putting gifts of healings and anointings in my life. Me and my wife will be married 39 years in February, and she can tell you ever since she's been around me, she's seen nothing but deliverance, power, miracles, lives being changed, yokes being destroyed, because that's what it's supposed to be. I told preachers in Africa, I said, if you ain't got something to help people, stay home. People don't need your fancy words. They don't need your... The Bible said knowledge puffs up. Don't go around here and get puffed up. Don't go around here and preach a word and say, man, that was a good word. If you ain't got deliverance, stay home. 
It's the way I look at it. It's the way I've always looked at it. If you ain't got deliverance in your life, what are you preaching? Don't go tell people that the Holy Ghost has power when you ain't got no demonstration. That's pretty straight and to the point, ain't it? The people need to get to the point. So I want you to ask the Lord, bring us together in a unity. Let our hearts be knit together and understanding. I'm not here to put you down. I'm not here to bash what you believe. I'm here to put you on track of a gospel that's got power. I'm here to tell you about a ministry that shook Africa. Till I've got 150 to 200 preachers and pastors in a 50-mile radius right now begging me just come preach to them, Sister Garland. They just want me to come teach. They saw so many miracles and healings in some of their churches. They just come in and said, teach us how. Teach us this gospel. Teach us what's right. They just want somebody to come in. Because when it gets past salvation, they don't know anything. Nobody's ever taught them. Every missionary goes to Africa or India, wherever they go. Salvation, salvation, salvation. They don't need salvation. They're in church. They've been saved. They need somebody to teach them how to serve God. Somebody teach them how to get in their prayer chamber and seek God and get out of all this junk. I went in one church and, and they'd go in there and crank the sound system up and crank the music up, walk the floors and pray. And, and I, I started teaching them. I said, forget about the sound system. Forget about the music. I said, just come get on your knees and go to prayer. You know, I was back there in three days and then people come, got on their knees, got in prayer, and the whole spirit of the service changed. Whole spirit changed. And God rocked the walls that day. So let's let's just have, let's ask the Lord to bring us together, bring us together in a unity. Paul 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 said in First Corinthians ten, he said we need the same mind, same judgment. We need to speak the same thing. He said we need to be perfectly joined together in the same mind, no division. Amen. There ain't fourteen doctrines of Christ. There ain't thirty-seven doctrines of Christ. There's one. One doctrine of Christ. And like I said, my wife, uh, I think she brought some of them little pamphlets. But there was uh, six of us got together over Labor Day this last year. We spent four days in prayer talking about the Word of God, seven, eight, ten hours a day, and put this doctrine together just so people know what we stand for. I'm not ashamed of what I believe. I know what I stand for, and I know in whom I believe. And it produces... That's the thing. It produces results. And that's what got all the preachers in Africa's attention. It produced miracles. It produced healing. Yokes was destroyed off people's lives. Pray for a lady on a little old tent. Wasn't even supposed to be there. And uh, just stopped. they just, pastor just wanted me to stop by. He had a church in his home, and he put up a tent in the front yard. They just wanted me to stop by there and greet the people. I walked out there and took the microphone, started talking, and 45 minutes later, I didn't preach Jesus. And a lady had been in a car wreck, had one leg short and the other and twisted, and I set her down in the chair and just reached down, took all the time, took hold of her foot. It started twisting and growing. It produces. It demonstrates. Amen. It demonstrates. That's what Paul said. Demonstration of the Spirit and power. You ain't got it, it's time to get it. Amen? Time to get it. Let's let's ask the Lord just step in and be with us tonight. I feel His nature. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
I ask you, Lord, just to step in amongst us. I thank you for being mindful of us. I thank you, Lord, for opening our understanding to your word and the working of your spirit. Let your name be magnified. Let it be honored and glorified. Your will be done. Bring our hearts together in a unity that we can learn and grow. In Jesus' name, we ask it to be so, Lord. Amen. Y'all can go ahead and be seated if you can. I'm not, I'm not going to carry on this word. I won't go ahead and get into it. Uh, because the Lord is, he, I mean, He's dealing with me strong. And I don't know how many of y'all are on our uh, ministry Facebook page. But the other morning, uh, I was asleep about 3.30 in the morning, and the voice of the Lord just spoke. I mean, just spoke in here, and it was like an explosion. And I heard the words, arrows of deliverance. Arrows of deliverance. And I thought, what in the world? And I knew the Scripture. And I went, looked it up, and it was where Elisha told the king, he said, take arrows out of your quiver. He said, shoot them out the window. Second Kings 13, I believe it is. And he shot those arrows out, and when he shot them, Elisha said, the arrows of God's deliverance. And I won't go on into, uh, you can just read it, I think it's Second Kings 13, starts around verse 14 or 15, but anyway, I went and got in prayer, and when I got in prayer, the Lord started showing me that a spirit of prayer like we ain't never seen. And I mean, I've been serving God 50 years right at. I've seen some spirits of prayer. I've seen some great, but I saw a spirit of prayer like we ain't never had, like we had never seen. I've seen it begin to fall. And you know where it began to fall? Young people. Young people. Probably in their late teens into their 30s, I've seen, I seen God just start falling. Spirit of prayer just start falling. And I mean, people were praying. And the power of deliverance fell on these young people. And they come out of their prayer chamber, went on the street, and began to preach a gospel, crying out against sin. A gospel that was bringing miracles of deliverance and healing and destroying yokes. And the Lord told me, this is where we're at right now. This, this is what's coming forth. There's a, there's a spirit of deliverance. There's a movement of the Holy Ghost that our generation, no generation's ever had. If you can believe that, no generation's ever had. What we're now going to taste of, this is going to be on Pentecost. This is going to be on Pentecost. Pentecost was the former reign. We're fixing to move into the latter reign. We're fixing to move in the fullness of Christ. You may not understand what I'm saying, but, uh, you know, I've had people tell me for years, well, Brother Mitter, I got what they got on dead Pentecost. I said, well, you ain't doing nothing with it then. If you got what they got on dead Pentecost, where's, where's the book of Acts church? Where's the manifestation? Where's the deliverance? Where's you walk? Uh, where, where are you uh, walking into the post office and somebody there lame and you just reach down, such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ? See, this is what a Christian ought to be manifest. This is what I believe a minister of the gospel ought to be manifesting. Sister Kathy's been around me since '09, and I've ministered just like this since '09. You've been around me for years, brother. I don't know how many years you've probably come in under my tents in the '80s. But it's always been deliverance, faith and power and people getting set free. Justin, when he was uh, just a young man, seven, eight years old, 
Matter of fact, I had my tent, I believe it's 225, over in Calhoun in 98. Put my tent up over there. Packed that thing out. I mean, packed it out. And God worked miracles. Brother and Sister Patterson sponsored the meeting and helped us over there in 98. And you talking about a word. I think I was there 17 nights and 14 or 15 of them. I preached a heart against them. There were some people scared to move. But people get these old spirits on them. You're not going to get God to do anything unless you move people's spirits and get their hearts right. I know people now, they'll go out and put up a tent three, four, five, six days. I said, man, you ain't doing nothing. I said, I had over 200 tent revivals. Was evangelist for 22 years. And I said, most time it took the first seven, ten days just to get folks' heart right where God could move. And once you get people heart right, get them praying, get them repenting, seeking God, then the next seven, ten days you can have a move of God. But now people, they call it revival and you have three days. I don't even want to fool with three-day revival. And, and when I was out there, I was one of the few full-time evangelists out there. Most most preachers out there were pastor evangelists. I was one of the few full-time evangelists. And I'd go into town. God speak to him. I'd go to town. Nobody knew me. I'd go in there, put my tent up, run a newspaper ad, put on some radio spots. And I, I'd get in the tent and I'd start praying. And many times I prayed all night long. And then I'd go out there and preach. Sometimes I'd start out five, six, seven. Go out there and preach, and God start working miracles in seven, eight days. Have 100, 150, 200 people. God setting them free, moving in their lives. Because I preach deliverance. I preach deliverance. I'm going to show you all something by Scripture tonight. And I know most of you all, if I ask you all in here how many people had the Holy Ghost, just about every one of you would raise your hands. But it's more than that. It's more than that. And I'm going to show you it's more than just the Holy Ghost. Uh, Open your Bibles with me to Luke, the fourth chapter. And I was in a town seven days. And three days into that meeting, I had so many miracles and my wife asked the interpreter. She said, everybody's praying for They're saying they're healed. She said, are they just saying that? Or she, uh, He said, no. He said, God's asking. Everybody I prayed for in Africa got healed or got a miracle. Every single one. You could not count the hundreds of miracles we had. You couldn't count them because they just simply believed. And that power, they'd never been around that power in just one miracle right after. I mean, everybody I laid hands on. They'd have pain. I'd lay hands on pain and leave. Twisted, crooked limbs, God heal them. And some of the brothers told me one day, said, you come back next year, said, we're going we're gonna to schedule crusades. I said, what? He said, we're going to uh, just rent big lots in some of the edge of these towns. He said, the gifts of God you got in your life, he said, you can draw 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 people. I said, yeah, I know I can. I've done it in India, but I ain't doing it. They looked at me. They said, why? I said, we're going to get some churches established. We're going to get a foundation under people. And 
I go out here and preach, and God works miracles, and people get delivered, get saved. They're going to have some place to go to church where they can be taught. I'm not going out here and winning 1,500, 2,000 souls, just turn them loose for the devil to destroy them. I said, I won't do it. I said, I've done it in the past. I won't do it again. I said, y'all going to get grounded on the Word. And three days in that meeting, I called for a minister's meeting, had 150 pastors. 150 pastors showed up and come to me after service and said, teach us. Just teach us. Because they'd never seen anybody preach like I preached. They'd never seen anybody preach the Word to them like I preached to them. And they'd never seen anybody have the demonstration of the Spirit. And it caused a hunger. It caused something to break out. There's a fire burning in Africa right now. I mean a fire burning that, I, I'm telling you, it's in a, a two-hour radius all the way around where we operated out of. There's pastors that won't know when I'm coming back. They want me to come build a Bible school. They want me to just come teach. And I told them, I said, I can get people in America to support me. I said, I'll come build a Bible school. If I knew it was the mind of God and I had the money, I'd leave right now and spend six months in Africa just teaching. You can do something over there. You can't do nothing. Most folks here, you can't do nothing with them. They already know everything they know. You can't You can't help them. You can't teach them. You say something they don't believe in. Oh, I don't believe that. Never check see if it's truth or not. Never check see if there's something you might not know. Any of y'all ever uh, believe something all your life and then find out you're wrong? I have. Same way with God. There's a lot of things people have been taught about God that ain't right. It just ain't right. And then when they hear the truth preached, because they've been taught all their life, they just kind of stick their feet in the mud. That ain't God. Well, how do you know it ain't God? There's something in this Word producing results. I had one preacher, he just, he said, man, I ain't never heard no such. I said, well, I said, is God honoring the Word? He said, yeah. I said, are signs and, and, and miracles? Yeah, is God confirming the Word? Yeah. I said, there must be something to it then. <laughs> must be something to it. Because God said he'd confirm his Word. Did he not? In Mark 16, when he told them uh, apostles, he said, he said, we went forth every word preaching. That was after the day of Pentecost. Went forth every word preaching, God confirming the word with signs following. Amen. That was after the day of Pentecost. And I'm going to show you just a, two or three scriptures that I believe will help you. But from the book of Luke, the fourth chapter, did I tell you all to go there? Okay. We're going to look at verse 13 and 14. Need just a little bit of volume, Brother Justin. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. Now, when Jesus went in that wilderness, he didn't have power. He had never preached, never had a miracle, never wrought any deliverance. He went in that as a man with no power, no authority, no dominion. But while he was in that wilderness, the Lord visited him. I remember the Lord took me out about three years ago in a visitation, and I saw the Father teaching him. 
about the gifts, about the anointing, about the kingdom. And the Bible said, and Jesus returned. When he came out of that wilderness, he returned in the power. That word there don't just mean power for miracles. That means authority. He walked in the authority. He had a control over God's creation. The Lord showed me when he came out of that wilderness, he came back in the same authority and dominion that Adam was created in. God didn't give Adam total control over everything in the heavens. He just gave him control over the earth. When Jesus come back and returned in the power of the Spirit, he had total power and dominion over all God's creation. He was just like what Adam was created in. Because he had come to restore and reconcile man back to God. That's what he came for. Well, I thought Jesus come save my soul. He did. But he came to take you back to the Father. He came to restore man back to the place he was created. In, in John 14, when Jesus told him, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father lest he come by me. I'm the door. That wasn't a salvation scripture. Churches preached it as salvation. That ain't salvation. That's being reconciled. That's coming back to that place where God created man and he can walk in dominion and authority and power of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus returned in power. He returned in power, children. And all last year, the Lord told me, starting in March of of 2020, I preached a message, uh, and it's on our YouTube channel, And the Lord told me this is the word of the Lord to the nations. Because at that time, COVID had just come out. Nobody knew what to do with it. Everything was in an uproar. Everybody was getting together in prayer meetings and said, we're going to pray and God's going to curse this thing. And the Lord spoke to me and said, tell them go ahead and pray and curse it. He said, I sent it. He said, I sent it and I ain't moving it till I get folks' attention. They start listening to my word and doing what I've told them. And the Lord told me, he said, I shut the world down. To bring my body together in a unity, in a mind. And, and the Lord told us at the end of that word, a prophecy came forth. wasn't about three or four minutes long. And he said, go into prayer for 30 days intently and seek my face and be still. He said, and cry out for the unity of the faith. He said, cry out for people to come together. That's what the Lord told me in, in last March. All last year, I was, I, I was constantly telling people, be still. Be still. It's time to seek the Lord. It ain't time to run everywhere and try to have revival. It's time to be still. It's time to seek the Lord. It's time to get something from God. The Lord spoke to me in October of 2019 and told me, said in October 2020, you're going to be in Africa. You're going to Africa in October 2020. And so that's what we got ready to do. And in September before we went, the Lord told me, he said, tell people to be still. Tell them to take the whole month of October and seek my face. He said, church has got to have power. Church didn't have any power. He said, tell them to be still until they be endued with power from on high. And some of y'all read our Facebook post, you know what? It's what God told people. Got mad at me. Got a little brother there telling everybody to be still and he doesn't run off to Africa. I just told him what God told me. God already told me a year ago. And we planned for a year to go over there. And, and it took a year to raise the money to do what we wanted to do over there. And we got over there, and, man, God started moving. Miracles started happening. People started hearing a word. Because I went over and preached the same word to them. I preached people here. 
I didn't go over and tell them, well, if y'all repent and get saved and get baptized in water in Jesus' name, according to Acts 2.38, y'all going to receive the Holy Ghost. No, they already knew that. I taught them how to pray. I taught them about seeking God. I taught them about getting a dedication and a relationship with God where they could grow. Are y'all with me? We need something where we can grow, children. People need to grow. People need to grow. I get so tired, and, and y'all pardon me, you get upset with me, but I get so tired of, uh, of ministers on Facebook. All, yeah, all they ever talk about is Acts 2.38. Aggravates the daylight side of me. I thought, man, grow up. That's basic. That's the foundation. That's basic. And the apostles' doctrine is just not water baptism. I preached a message on the apostles' doctrine April a year ago, and I laid out the ministry of Jesus and the revelation of, of Christ being formed in us. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink. The kingdom of God is not up there. It's in here, and it is Christ in you. It is Christ living in you. It is what Paul said in Galatians 2 and 20, the life that I now live in the flesh, it's not I that live, but it is the Christ that liveth in me. It's the Christ. It's the manifestation. And then I turn right around the next week. I was doing an online uh, Bible study through Zoom. Uh, we still do it on Tuesday nights. And people from all over. I got people from Canada join in. I got people. I got some of the brethren from Africa. Now that we're doing it on Zoom, they're going to start joining in. They might have to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning to do it. But I got people in India wanting to join in. And, and want me to teach them. And I started preaching on this. And then I turned around the very next week, and the Lord spoke to me. And I said, I, I preach the Holy Ghost is the spirit of the man Christ Jesus. And people didn't even know what I was talking about. Because you know why? Oh, y'all been talking about the Holy Ghost. You get it? <laughs> Talking tongues a little bit, jerking, shouting, that's it. There ain't no other teaching on the Holy Ghost to amount to anything. Jesus said, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he's going to testify to me. He's going to take a mind. He's going to reveal it unto you. He's going to testify to me. In other words, the Holy Ghost comes in. How many of y'all believe the Bible says the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of Christ? Did y'all know the Christ ain't just the Spirit? The Christ is the man and the Spirit mixed. Jesus became the Christ, so it's the man and the Spirit mixed. So the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of the man, Christ Jesus. Because there's natural wisdom and knowledge and understanding in things he went through. The Lord showed me everything he went through, every miracle he done. He gained wisdom, he gained knowledge and understanding. And I seen this about three years ago, I believe it was in 2017. I took modeling clay, and I took six or seven different colors and roll up strands, and I twisted them together. Any y'all ever seen a graph of DNA? It's like a twisted ladder, all different colors. Well, I, I, I done that, and I rolled that modeling clay together until it become intertwined. You couldn't separate it. The Lord said spiritual DNA. He said everything Jesus done, every miracle, every healing, every working of the Spirit, every trial, every demon he fought, he said he become more and more united with the Holy Ghost until he became the Christ. But that didn't do away with the man part of him. Didn't do away with the man part of him. Didn't do away with what the man learned. So the Holy Ghost is the spirit of the man Christ Jesus. And when it comes in you, you ain't just got 
the Spirit of God, you got the Spirit that God-man mixed. If you're taught right, and the Spirit that God-man mixed is going to do more than talking tongues. He's going to have wisdom to cast out devils. He's going to have wisdom to heal the sick, do miracles, do signs and wonders. He's going to have wisdom as this ministry comes in, turn the water to wine, speak to the winds and rains. Are y'all following me? See, well, we've let the church teach us all the Holy Ghost is for is to talk in tongues, and it's put the deliverance and the real working of the Spirit of God. It's just kind of sat down on it. And people just, people run around claiming to have the Holy Ghost. Don't even know what they got. Not doing anything with it. Not doing one thing with it. I saw back in the 90s the Spirit of God hit, and people was walking into grocery stores having miracles. I've seen people eat in restaurants. The Spirit of God move on, and they go over and talk to somebody. And I've seen people in restaurants start talking and say, Pray for me and I can get saved. They get saved and get on their knees right there in the middle of the restaurant. Get saved. The Holy Ghost fall. God heals. Start healing and delivering people. This is the move of God we need. This is the move of God that's going to shake this nation. This is what I saw coming forth in these young people with this errors of deliverance. Let me tell you, you there's, a, there's a lot of people been in church 15, 20, 30, 35 years. You ain't going to do nothing with them. But there's a generation out there 30, 35 years old. Some of them never been in church. Don't know God. Don't know nothing about God. Never seen a miracle. And when the Spirit of God touches their lives, when the Spirit of God falls on them, sets them free, heals them, make them whole, they're coming forward. They're coming forward in power. They're coming forth in authority. They're coming forth in deliverance. And some of y'all going to be like the, uh, like the elder son or the prodigal son. You're going you're gonna to say, well, what about me? I've been here all the time. Yeah? But what have you done with it? You ain't done nothing with it. It's time to do something with what God's given us. If you got the Holy Ghost, then do something with it. Do something with it. Instead of shouting, talking tongues, do something with it. Because that man, that spirit of that man, Christ Jesus, is in there if you got the Holy Ghost. He's in there. Are y'all following me? And you go to Isaiah 11, and it talks about how there shall rest upon him wisdom, knowledge, understanding, power, counsel, might. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him and shall give him the spirit of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, uh, power, might, counsel. He'll judge it with righteous judgment, not after the seeing of the eyes or the hearing of the ears, but he'll judge the righteous. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Spirit of Christ. That's the man Christ Jesus. He said, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, you're going to testify that I'm living in you. We ain't got anybody testifying that Christ is living in you. Y'all show me, uh, y'all find some place in the Bible where Jesus was around talking in tongues when the Holy Ghost moved on him. Did that go too far? I don't find one place Jesus talking tongues when the Holy Ghost moved him. When he was baptized, there ain't no outward manifestation that we call the Holy Ghost. The power of the Spirit filled him, and he went in the wilderness, and for 40 days his father taught him, and he returned in power. Just an ordinary man. Never preached, never prophesied, never healed the first sick, cast out the first devil. When that Holy Ghost fell on him, he went in that wilderness, come out in power. We fixed to come out in power. We face the return in the power of the Spirit. The Lord spoke to us last April. The Spirit of the Lord fell on my wife. was in a meeting in Fort Payne, our church over there, uh, in April. Was it last year, 2020? And the Spirit of the Lord fell on her, and she just stood up and started prophesying. And Jesus said, and she was speaking like in that 
person of Jesus. He said, when I went in that wilderness, I had purpose. I had focus. Four or five different things. He said, when I come out, I come out in power. He said, my people fixing to return in the power of the Spirit. They're fixing to return in the power. But you got to do something with what God's given you. You can't just take His words. Well, i got the Holy Ghost. I'm just going to sit and wait on it. No, you got to seek God. you got to ask God to change you. Because I'm going to tell you something. The mind we got right now is not going to do these miracles. The mind we walk in every day is not going to do it. There's got to be a renewing of the mind. There's got to be a renewing of the mind. That mind which is in Christ Jesus has got to be also in us. It's got to be also in us. There's got to be a change. There's got to be a renewing of the mind. There's got to be a transformation. And it's only going to come by us being still and seeking God. Because I know what God's telling me. And I don't know how many of you uh seen the prophecy, but uh, it was September the 22nd right here in this church. 2020, the Spirit of the Lord fell on me. I don't know how many of y'all was in this service, but I, I stood right here, and the Lord spoke by the Spirit of prophecy and said, when the next president is inaugurated, and that's what God said, when the next president was inaugurated, He said, I'm going to take my people into seven years of prosperity and spiritual awakening like they ain't never had. There's something started. There's something moving in the Spirit. I'm telling you, there's something moving. You said, Brother Metter, it ain't ever going to happen what's in office. Let me tell you something. It don't matter who's in office. It don't matter who's in office. God can move whatever's in office. But God's going to honor His Word. And see, the thing about it was, and, and you want it? Email me. I'll send you the prophecy. I'll send it to you because I'm not ashamed of God's Word. And it's about four pages long. You go right down to the bottom of that first page, last four, about three or four lines, and God said, and at this time, He said, the ministry of the Son of Man will step forth in the earth. And I call the ministry of the Son of Man the ministry that Jesus had when He walked this earth. It wasn't the ministry of the Son of God. There was a ministry of the Son of Man when he walked this earth. Y'all following what I'm saying to you? Maybe hard for you to understand. But he said, at this time, the ministry of the Son of Man shall come forth in the earth. That was in 2020 that the Lord spoke that, right? 2019. That was 2019. That, so that was 16 months before Biden was ever inaugurated. Sixteen months, God spoke that. Said when your next president's inaugurated. See, I never one time told him about Donald Trump be elected again. Not the first time that I ever tell anybody. And I had people come to me and say, "What God mean when He said next president?" I said, "I don't have no idea. I'm just telling you what God told me. I'm just telling you what God told me." So sixteen months. Before Biden was inaugurated, God said the ministry of the Son of Man was going to come forth in the earth at that same time. Y'all following with me? Sunday, January the 3rd, 2021, at our church in Fort Payne, Sister Patty Harris, her and her husband Michael Harris, they passed the church over there that we founded back in 2000. And 
Spirit of the Lord was speaking through her, powerful words on her. I sat there on the platform. All of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord sat down on me. He said, command ye me the works of my hands. He said, ask of me things to come concerning my sons, concerning the work of my hands. Command ye me. And man, I felt that thing start stirring in me. And just as she was winding down that spirit of prophecy, the voice of the Lord spoke to me. He said, the spirit and the ministry of the Son of Man now has set down in the earth. So the very thing God told us in 2019, God confirmed it on January 3rd, 2021. And I'm going to tell you, there's something been different ever since. There's something been different ever since. Because there ain't no way you can tie all these prophecies together. You can't remember all that. See what the Lord spoke in September 22nd, 2019. He confirmed in January 3rd, 2021. And he said, it's coming forth now. And I've been telling people two, uh, four or five different times in the last two or three years, the Lord spoke to the ministry of Son of Man. fixed step in the earth. fixed step in the earth. And it's here. It's here. Depending on how you yield yourself, depending on what you do, how you understand this ministry that Jesus had when he walked this earth, it's going to come, it's going to come forth. It's going to be made manifest in your lives. If you're a believer, if you're called of God, if it, it's going to come forth in your lives. I'm looking for it just any day because I'm feeling it. I'm seeing it. Uh, Sister Kathy was down in Florida, and my son and his wife was at the house. We're sitting there at the table, just finished eating, and something just moved on me. I said, I feel led to call Sister Kathy and pray for her. See, I don't do that let the Holy Ghost move on me. People just want me to pray for them. The Spirit of God don't move me. There ain't nothing I can do. There ain't nothing I can do. I called Sister Pat Willis, the lady that owns this church last night, and talked to her for a few minutes, prayed the prayer faithful, and the power of God hit her. She was shouting and rejoicing and praising God last night in good spirits. I believe she'll be home just a couple of days. I really do. And because when I feel that miracle and I pray the prayer of faith, you believe. The Lord said, prayer of faith shall save the sick. The Lord raise them up. Amen. It'll raise them up. And so I believe. But I know that the ministry that Jesus had, the spirit of it, the anointing of it, the word is now set down in the earth. And those that will yield themselves to it, we're going to step into it. We're going to step into it. They ain't nothing stopping. Why? It's God's time. This ain't something man can do. This ain't something man can put together. Are y'all hearing me? I'd go back to Africa. We're planning on going back in August. I'd go back to Africa. I'd have them rent big lots. I'd go over and preach faith and deliverance. I'd go out there and preach 1,500, 2,000, 2,500, 3,000 a night easy. And that'd just be a start. I've done this in India back in the 90s. Went over and preached faith and healing and salvation and started out with 150, 200 people. Five nights' time, I got 30,000, 40,000. This gift is there. The anointing's there. It's not something I put in me, something God put in me. But I've learned how to channel it better. I've learned how to use it better than I used to. And I'm not going to go out there and get a bunch of people saved and healed and just turn them loose to the devil. They're going to be put in church. They're going to be rooted and grounded. They're going to have an opportunity to learn to grow in God. But what I want to show you about these scriptures, see, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. And the Lord told me in September, he said, tell people to tarry until they be endued with power from on high. Now, like I said, if I ask y'all, about every one of you in here, tell me you got the Holy Ghost. Would you not? 
About every one of you in here, tell me you got the Holy Ghost. Now, in Luke 24 and 49... very thing Jesus told the disciples, he told me back in September. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He didn't say tarry till you talked in tongues. He, he didn't say tarry till you felt goosebumps. You felt the jerks and the shakes and the shells. He said, tarry until you be endued with power from on high. Back when I come to the Lord, people tarried in the altars. And they come out with something. They come out with something. They come out with power. They come out with power. People today ain't tarrying for power. You want God to use you? It's time to tarry. It's time to tarry until God visits you with power. Then you've got something to help people with. The Lord gave me that scripture right there. And uh, he also told me, he said, there's a promise of the Father, just like John spoke about. He said, I come baptizing you with water. But he that comes after me is mightier than I. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and tongues of fire. Amen. So there was a promise left in. Well, there's a promise given to us that there's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost coming to our generation, which is in Joel 2.23. He said, I've given you the former rain moderately, which was the day of Pentecost. He said, now I'm going to cause to come down on you the rain, the former, and the latter rain. This is our generation. This is our generation. We're fixing to get a measure of the Holy Ghost. Going to go beyond Pentecost. Going to go beyond anything, uh, beyond anything God's ever done. Anything any generation's ever had. We're fixing to get it. We're fixing to receive a promise of the Father. There's a promise, sister, been given to us that we're going to be endued with something greater than the book of Acts. We're going to be endued with something greater than the day of Pentecost. And we're going to come forth in power. Are you hearing me? You go back and look at my teachings. Uh, they're on Facebook. i got videos. I'm fixing to start doing videos. Videos again. Before I went to Africa, I just quit and I hadn't felt led to do anything. Had done. Uh, I've only preached one time since I come back from Africa, November the fifth. Just been waiting on the Spirit. The Lord led me to our church in Fort Payne, first, second, third of January. That's where He spoke to me. The ministry of the Son of Man is now sit down in there. It's now time to move. It's now time to go forward. Let me tell you something. When December 31st came and January the 1st come in, God didn't change His directive. He's still telling people, tarry till you be endued. Tarry, tarry, tarry till you be endued with power from on high. Because without power, you can't help people. Can't help them. Can't help them. When Jesus was crucified, two or three days before he was crucified, it's going everywhere. Preaching to crowds, having miracles. People were thronging Jesus. Once he was crucified, the whole ministry stopped. Them disciples didn't know what to do. They went and hid in fear and thought they were going to be crucified next. They had to wait for Jesus to come to them. But from the time he was crucified to the time the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost was about 50, 60 days. They didn't do nothing. They didn't do nothing. Said, Brother Matter, what you been doing? Nothing. Waiting. 
Asking for wisdom, asking for understanding, asking how to possess this kingdom, asking how to be endued with power from on high, asking how to receive this promise. Because there's so much teaching out there. It's got people so confused and so messed up, they don't know what's right and wrong anymore. It's sad. But this generation that I'm talking about, that I saw get visited with these arrows of deliverance, they're coming forth in power. you talking about a generation fixing to turn the world upside down. These young men and, and ladies, they fix to turn the world upside down in a power. Why? They're going to be still. They're going to seek God, and they're going to wait. Because you go with me to Acts, the first chapter, and I'm going to read, I think it's verse 4. Same thing it says here in Luke 24 and 14. I believe it's verse 4 and 5. Yeah, Acts 1, 4 and 5. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. And it was about a month ago, I think. I'd have to go back and check my notes. But the Lord, uh, I was in prayer one morning, and I heard that voice of the Lord said, Depart not from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. And I saw it in, in big block letters, about 20 foot high. It appeared before my eyes. He said, depart not from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise. And that's when he told me. He said, there's a promise coming to you just like he did them on Dead Pentecost. There's a promise of the Holy Ghost coming to you. Amen. There's a promise coming to you. It's going to be greater than what they received. Going to be greater than what I've done on the day of Pentecost. He said, I've got to restore the church back to the foundation I put it on on the day of Pentecost. God ain't going to go out here and create another foundation. He ain't going to create another foundation for the church. He doesn't lay one. He's just going to put people back on it. He's going to put a new generation on it. He's going to put new sons and daughters on it. Are you all hearing me? And, and I saw that big block letters right before my eyes. He said, depart not from Jerusalem. Why? That's where he was going to move. If they had left Jerusalem, they'd have missed their visitation. So he said, y'all stay right here. Y'all wait. Y'all don't do anything. Just wait. Lord, we done been waiting for 40-something days. Well, wait a few more. Wait a little bit longer. Wait a little bit longer. But here, listen to this. Verse 5. For John truly... Baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days since. Now, go to verse 8. But ye shall receive tongues. No? No? What does it say? But you shall receive what? After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. The word witness means you can bear witness to something. You've got a testimony. Amen. And you shall be witnesses unto me, first in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the uttermost part of the earth. Did I get it about right? But see, what he said was, after, and this is what I want you to notice, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive what? After the Holy Ghost has come, you shall receive power. Okay, y'all following me? All right, go to Acts 10. And I'm, I'm going to quote this. I think I can quote it about right. 
in verse 38. Y'all get there, let me know. Because see, I, I love the Word, and I like to stay on the Word. I'm a Word preacher. And the people here in LJ and the people in Fort Payne will tell you that when I prepare a service, most time I'm I'm seeking God all week. And and if some of y'all read my stuff on Facebook, I'll have six, seven pages of scriptures and reference commentary. And I come in I come in here almost every week for five years, and I had six, seven pages of notes that God had spoke to me, and I presented the people. And I preached on them and said, here, take this and study them. Take this and study it. This will help you. All right, Acts 10, 38. Y'all with me? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Pretty close. Might have missed a comma somewhere and forgot dot and I. But see what he said? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. It ain't just the Holy Ghost. It ain't just the Holy Ghost. He didn't just anoint him with the Holy Ghost. He gave him power. You can get the Holy Ghost and not have power. If you don't tarry for it, if you don't seek for it, if you don't press for it, if you don't knock and ask for it, you can have the Spirit of Christ come in you. But if you don't tarry for that power, you may not get it. You may not get it. He said he anointed him with the Holy Ghost and with power. Amen. He told him in Acts 8, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You're going to receive what? Power. See, people people never in this generation, they've never stood still and sought for power. They've never stood still and sought for power. And they don't have it. They don't have it. I told my wife the other day, I said, when I was on the evangelistic field in the 80s, I said, I could name you a half dozen ministers out there preaching that had power. Had miracles, had signs. I said, I probably couldn't tell you two or three today. You stop and think, how many people, how many people are preaching a word that God's going to confirm the word with signs following? They got demonstration. There ain't very many of them out there. There's a lot of them out there preach a good word. There's a lot of them out there preach a good word. But they don't have the deliverance. They don't have God confirming the word with signs following. Let me tell you something. Good preaching don't get the job done. There's people got to have deliverance. There's people got to have deliverance. I remember you walked in this church two or three years ago. We was having that, was it Mother's Day or whatever that they used to have here? Homecoming. The Spirit of the Lord led me to you and I prayed for you. God destroyed that yoke off you. There was something worn against your mind just like that. When I started ministering to you, you knew it was right, and God delivered you. Why? That deliverance is here. I'm not boasting. I've sought God. I've sought God for years on end to have deliverance in my life so I can help people. I'm not going out there and preach with nothing to help people. It's like trying to drive a car without gas. You ain't going nowhere. There's no power there. 
And my son preached a good word on his Facebook page. And if y'all don't uh, know who he is, look him up, Christopher Metter. He's got a page called Servant of All. He does some great teaching, does some real good teaching. To be 31 years old, he does some great teaching. God's really put a word in him. But I was listening to him, and I just taught the Bible study uh, on the ministry of the Son of Man. I can't remember. Uh, there was something else the Lord had me minister on. And we do this on Tuesday night through Zoom, but I don't let everybody in on it because I don't want everybody, I just don't want people criticized. And if you're going to get in on it, you're going to get in and you're going to be there every Tuesday night. Or I ain't, I ain't going to fool with you because I want people to grow. But while I was listening to him, he's talking about that mind that was in Christ Jesus. He's talking about how our mind's got to be changed. And I hadn't had a chance to tell him this yet, but I was, I was listening to him. It's just like the Lord started showing me. You can take all the ingredients of a cake. You can mix it up. Got the batter in the pans. But if you don't put heat to it, nothing ever happens. You just got the batter. Man, I'm tired of just the batter. <laughs> I'm tired of just the batter. I want to see some people come out with power. Amen. I want to see people come out with a finished product. I mean, how many times can can you go to church and hear the same messages preached over and over and over and over and over again? It almost makes me sick. I'm telling you, it does. The uh, Some of y'all probably hadn't met Brother Harris, but in 2015, the Lord told me to, Anointing him pastor of the church there in Fort Payne. We found it in 2000. And come on up here. Let me just come on up here. And I did. And he had to come in on this word. God really had to do a work in him. But I knew what God told me about him. But I'm going to tell you, he's coming along now. And there's something alive and real in him. And he's starting to get deliverance in his life. He didn't start out with it. He come out of the church of God. He was going to the church of God and listening to my CDs and DVDs. And it was stirring him up so bad he couldn't stand it. <laughs> and they'd ask him to preach. And he'd get preaching, get an anointing man. And God started moving. They wouldn't know where that come from. And he preached his first service down there. And I went down to be with him in his first service. And they let me, I think they let me testify. I can't remember. But, man, that power hit me, and I started stepping down on that word, and I knew right then I wasn't going to get a chance to preach in that church. <laughs> I just knew it wasn't going to happen. But God's bringing forth deliverers. You hear me? Because he's going to anoint us with the Holy Ghost and with power if we'll seek him. The Lord told me the other day, he said, he said 2020 was a preparation. The whole year was a preparation for the ministry of the Son of Man to come forth in the earth. He said, people didn't stand still. People didn't seek my face. People didn't believe my word. I mean, people got tired of hearing me. Be still. Know that I'm God. Be still. Quit running everywhere. Quit running all over the place. Be still. Half these meetings, preachers go preach, say God spoke to them. They just need a car payment. They just need a good offering. They just need their light bill paid. Let me tell you, I was an evangelist for 22 years. When I didn't know where to go, I come home. I stayed home and sought God. 
A lot of times my wife won't set my suitcases on the front steps and have me get back on the road because, you know, if you know the word and you got that drive in you, you get a little antsy and you can get a little ill. <laughs> so, but I'd always stand still till I knew where to go. I wouldn't just, I, I've never went anywhere just to get an offering. Never. I don't sell the gospel of Christ. It's, it's real to me. It's alive in me. You get ready, God's going to visit you. He's going to bring you forth. It's your calling. It's your calling. It's what you're chosen for. I don't know what your ministry is, brother. I don't know why. But I know God dealt with me about you about six, seven months ago. God's chosen you to come forth in the power of this Word. Before he ever formed you, you just like you go read Jeremiah the first chapter. He told Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before I brought you out between her knees, before you took your first breath, I'd ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. God's got a calling for you. It's already set. It's already predestined for ordained. You just seek him. And that, don't get in a hurry. Ask him for direction. But see, right now when I was in Africa and we were seeing all this move happen, I told my wife one night, I said, harvest is ripe. Harvest is ripe. Hundreds of people begging for the word, begging to be taught. I said, but who's going to go? Who's going to go? You've been ministered to, you called to God. I'm sure you have. A lot of you in here been ministered to, you called to God. Anybody? Been prophesied to, you going to preach the gospel. God's going to use you. Did he ever tell you it was in America? That's sobering thought, ain't it? Because, see, America's only like 5 to 10% of the world as far as population. Seven-something billion people in the earth, three hundred, little over 300 million in America. That's kind of a lot of people out there. There's, there. there's millions and millions and billions of people never heard the name of Jesus. You know what our biggest request in Africa is? We want Bibles. Give us Bibles. Can you help us with Bibles? We probably give out over a thousand Bibles in the last year. You say, well, Brother Matter, that's good. Yeah, but when you've got to give seven, eight dollars a piece for them. It costs. But can you imagine not having a Bible? I probably got a half a dozen. We had a fire in 2003. Lightning hit our house. I lost 400 books and Bibles in that fire. History books, preachers' lives, different studies, and probably a dozen Bibles. I can't imagine not having a Bible to put my hand on if I want to read God's Word. And yet you try to get people to say, send me $100. Send me 50 We can buy 50, 50 Bibles for $350. Ten or fifteen of you send me twenty, thirty, forty dollars a piece. Nope. We can go out to good restaurants. We can drop fifty, seventy five, hundred dollars on four or five of us. Like that. Don't think nothing about it. We can pay a hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars a month for cell phone. That much for cable T V. Those people over there live in huts. With dirt floors and go, most of them go barefooted, but they're happy. Ninety percent of the churches we preached in 
dirt floors. Dirt floors and nothing but sticks with metal on the roof. A lot of them, no walls. But they're hungry for God. They're hungry for God. You want to help me win souls? You want to do something for me? Get behind me. Get behind me. Because I'll invest your money in the kingdom. And it'll come back to you many times over. The Bible said, He that considereth the poor, the Lord remember him in a time of trouble. How long have you been dealing with this tinnitus? About two months. Stand up right here. You've known me for years to be a man of faith, to be a man of miracles, and a man that preaches the word straight. And I ain't changed one bit. <laughs> I still preach the word straight. And you said it's called tinnitus, and it's in. Okay. So it's it's right there. Is it is it painful? Okay. Okay. You believe? If I pray the prayer of faith for you, God will heal you. You believe that? Well, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith for you because I believe it. And I started to tell you a while ago, Sister Kathy went to Florida to see her stepmom. She got in there and got sick, tested positive for COVID. And I just kept reaching to the Lord. And just like that, God dropped that thing in my spirit. I called her and prayed for her. Oh, she was rough. <laughs> she was bad. 48 hours. She's fine on the way home. 48 hours. And she tested negative. 48 hours she went and got a test, tested negative, and come home. See, I know what's in here. I didn't put it here. But I know who did. And I've seen it work for over 40 years. That if I can't believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Because, see, I've sought the Lord for power. Sister Garland, Brother Garland, I've sought him for power. How long y'all been going to church? Was y'all in Brother Patterson's church when I come there in the 90s in the old church? I come to Brother Patterson's church in 96. Pray for Brother Harold Malone. He had prostate cancer. Prayed for him and went back. Doctor's gone. I had so many miracles the first night I was in Brother Patterson's church that when I was there, I think, three or four days, I come back in the next night, they're standing all the way to the door. Chairs up and down the aisles. I prayed for a lady sitting in a chair in the, in the aisle. I had one leg shorter than the other. God grew that short leg. Man, that word got out. And about three days, they're standing all up and down the aisles into the foyer. Because I've always sought God for deliverance, for power. It ain't just the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost in power. Am I making sense to you how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power? In Acts 8, where I just showed you, he said, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. And you shall be witnesses unto me. All right, you take that word witness and you go to Hebrews 2 and 4. And it says, God also bearing them witness with signs, wonders, 
miracles and diverse gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. So the witness is the power of miracles. It's the power to set men free. It's the gifts. It's the anointing to be able to help people. Don't just go preach. Go with something. Go with something to help people. If you'll get in prayer, he said, tarry, and all it do you with powerful on high. Didn't you not? He said, seek me. Tarry. He said, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you'll receive power. If you seek him for it. It's what he anointed Jesus with. Is that not what the Word says? How he anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. In Luke 24 and 14, when it said, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. Somewhere he returned in power, and that fame started going out. He had to go down to Galilee, to Cana, because that's where his first miracle happened. It was the miracles that brought the fame. It wasn't the preaching. It was the miracles. It was the miracles that brought the fame. So his first miracle was in Cana, Galilee, at the wedding where he turned the water to wine. So somewhere when he come out of that wilderness, he had to go down to Galilee, turn that water to wine, and that's what started getting people's attention. Miracles fixing to get people's attention. Y'all hear me? There's three or four people that's had dreams about our church in Fort Payne that they saw it packed to the walls, people standing plumb to the road. And there's about as much yard uh, on our church in Fort Payne, probably more uh, to the road than there is out here. But I think four different people over the years had dreamed that people were standing to the road. And uh, there's a dirt road runs beside our church. It's paved part of the way now. But cars were parked up and down each side of the road, up and down that road for two or three blocks. People standing to the street. God working miracles and deliverance in our church in Fort Payne. One man had a dream. He said, I seen him bringing a man all twisted up, Brother Matter, in a wheelchair. He said, just all... He said, you pray for him. God straightened his limbs. He said, and there's a little community about two miles up the road they call Dogtown. And he said, cars were backed up two miles up the road waiting to get to the church. God's on the move. God's on the move. Is everybody going to get this? No, because everybody ain't going to seek for it. You got a ministry God's called you, you seek for this. You be still and seek to be endued with power from on high. Amen. You demon of infirmity, you bound. Joe, in the name of the Christ, Jesus, accost you. Oh, wow. Holy God, hallelujah. I believe you're going to be all right, Brother Jerry. You feel that? You believe it? <laughs> what you staggering around there for, man? Act like you got some... Act like you got some power on you or something. This is a simple word, but it's a solid word. It's a solid word. You got to know what you believe. Those people over there, they have no doctrine. Most of them over there, they follow bishops, and there's some in bishops over there. Got three or four wives, they don't know what to believe. But they follow them bishops. I'm fixing to preach fivefold ministry to them. <laughs> I'm fixing to preach fivefold ministry to them. Let me tell you something. Bishops ain't in a fivefold ministry. 
You talk about fixing to turn Africa upside down. I'm fixing to turn it upside down, but I'm going to get them on the right doctrine. First Corinthians twelve twenty eight says, And God has set some in the church. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. At this miracles, gifts of healings, helps, governments, and diversities of tongues. Don't say one thing about bishops. Don't say one thing in, in, in Ephesians 4 and 11 that God gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He gave it to them for the perfecting of the saints. Gave it to them for the saints to be matured, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's Ephesians 4, 11, 12, and 13. The vision that the church ought to have, the body of Christ as a whole, is to come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect, mature, complete man, till we get that measure of that statue, of that fullness of Christ living in us. Amen. I appreciate y'all coming tonight. I knew I wasn't going to preach long, but I had to share this with you. It's time to tarry. To me, we be endued with power. Amen. Time, Terry. I'm going to take just a minute here, and I'm going to ask you to help us financially. Everything we do, I have to raise the money for it. And we're trying to get the ministry established in Africa. We're registering with the Kenyan government, and we got a call the other day. We've had a lawyer working on this for probably four or five months. And he finally got the Kenyan government to agree to register us as a religious organization and a charity that we can legally operate in Africa, but it's going to cost us two thousand dollars to get registered. That's to me, that's not bad. That's really not bad. But I need some help to get it done. You want to invest in something? Invest in souls. Invest in souls, and. I don't know what y'all know about the laws in America, but we are a federally recognized charity. We're what they call a 501c3, have been since 1984. Anything you give to this ministry, if it's a cash donation, you want a receipt, you put it in an envelope. But if you make out a check or whatever or however you give and you make it in the name of World Revivals, it's legally recognized tax-deductible donation. And you say, Brother Matter, I don't do that. No, but there are corporations that'll give just to get the write-off. And I told God, you fix fixing to endorse some of these corporations. Because once we get over there, we're going to buy land. We're going to build a Bible school. I'm going to do something for God. People don't want to hear this word in this country. Because I'm going to tell you, you preach against sin now. People don't want to hear it. Church is full of fornicators and adulterers. People don't want to hear it. When I was pastoring in Fort Payne, I had a young man in my church. He was fornicating. The Lord spoke to him in the office. Told me one Sunday morning, he said, you got fornication in church. Go out there and deal with it. Boy, for about 30 minutes, I just ripped it up. I mean, I ripped it up one side and down the other. And then I called him out and pretty much told him to his face what he was doing. He still didn't want to change. I had another young man coming in there, got divorced from his wife, brought his girlfriend in there. They committing fornication. It's like he stood up my face and dared me to do anything about it, and I just ripped them all to pieces. You can't come in the house of God. 
Lift your hands and shout and praise God and then go out and crawl in bed with one another. It's wrong. See, church don't want to hear that. Church don't want to hear a clean gospel. They just want to do what feels good. It's like me and my wife say from time to time, we know what it. We know what people want. They want to live the way they want to live, and they want to say, God, now you like it. I'm, I'm sorry, it don't work that way. It don't work that way. But if y'all take this word, you get on my Facebook page and study these notes, and then if you need notes, I'll email them to you. Study them. You, you're on my Facebook page, ain't you, sis? I send out solid word, don't I? Don't beat around the bushes. But if you can help me tonight, help me. World revivals. And it is, yeah, we are recognized charity. Been that way since 1984 when when me and my wife got married. And I was, I'd been in ministry 10 years. Just had a little ragged tent. But I'm going to tell you, it wasn't too long after we got married. God started blessing us. Give me a brand new tent, new truck. Started going. Huh? No. No. And then I, I got out there and fasted and prayed and sought God. People started giving, started getting healed. But we had to get everything in order. There's a business side to the ministry. And we had to make sure that the business side was took care of. And she had studied accounting before we got married. Matter of fact, she was in school going to be an accountant. So I come along and messed it all up. <laughs> and then we got out there to do something for God, but she still, we got our books in order, filed for our tax-exempt status, and wasn't about a year we got it. We got married in 82, 84, we had it, and we had an accountant to our books every year for years and years and years and years. He said, Brother Metter, told my wife, he said, I've never seen it. He said, your books are perfect. You're perfect. Everything you're doing, don't worry about the IRS. Don't worry about the government. Don't worry about anybody saying. He said, you're doing nothing wrong. That's a good testimony. That's a good testimony. So I've got this basket right here. Please do everything you can to help us. Uh, if you want to do something to help us personally, you can put something over here. But I think that says church. Yeah. Please do what you can to help us because we're going back to Africa in August. And I want the money to build that Bible school. I can build a 100-foot-long, 40-foot-wide Bible school over there for $10,000. Because just poles and roof. They don't have to have very many walls over there. Because they don't have cold weather. So, stand on your feet. Honor the Lord. Do what you can. Please do what's right in God's eyes. That's all I ever... I ask people, do what's right in God's eyes. God tells you what you need to do. Honor Him. Amen. Honor him. Come on right now and be obedient to the Lord. Come on. God bless you, man. I believe you're going to be okay. Okay. I understand. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Anybody else? Please start praying about this. For God to provide these funds, cause uh, my wife was kind of texting with a brother. He said they want to try to finalize this certificate by Wednesday to get us registered with the Kenyan government. 
So that means we need about $1,500 between now and Wednesday. But God's God. Amen. You talk to that lady right back there. If you go to our website, oh, she can give it to you. It's right there at the bottom of her website. Because, and I'd like to have some of y'all that would. It's all right, Brother Metter. Every month, $20, $25, $30. Miss lunch a couple of days. You can do it. If you work on the job or you're out, don't tell me. You go, Even if you go to McDonald's eat a burger and fries, you're going to spend $8, 9 $10. Is that not the truth? All right. Don't do that a couple of days. You'll be healthier. You'll have $20 in your pocket. <laughs> Say, Brother Metter, I'll help you. Amen. Because I'm going I'm to put it to good use. I'm going to win souls. I'm going to win souls. The Bible said he that win the souls is wise. If you, if you ain't got the opportunity to go win them, help me go. Amen. Is that all right? Let's pray over this. Father, in the name of Jesus. Help us. Give us wisdom. Give us knowledge. Give us understanding. And let this word sink down in people's hearts, Lord. It's time to tarry. It's time to wait and pray to be, be endued with power from on high. Thank you, Father, for the givers. Thank you for those that are helping share our burden. We give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, before I close the service, anybody need prayer? You hurting anybody? You need prayer? Come on right now. What you need the Lord to do for you? I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry I didn't understand what kind of spirit. Oh, okay. All right. Take your glasses off. You know what thing's wrong, don't you? See, this is why people need deliverance. You ready for that thing to lead you? Hand her your glasses right there and raise your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Just believe. I believe when I pray for you, God's going to deliver you. Your lips are clean and nice. Amen. Go ahead and surrender. Go ahead and surrender right there. Amen. Go ahead and praise Him. Hallelujah. See, this is what people need to go with. If you're going to go, go with something. Don't go empty-handed. Don't go empty-handed. Go with deliverance. Go with power. If you go with power, that's where deliverance comes from. That's right.
suicide among young people because of hopelessness and because these kind of spirits right here. It wars against them. They don't know how to get rid of it. They don't know how to get rid of it. And nothing will get rid of it but the power of God. I had I had that thing war against one of my kids, my middle daughter. She's about 13. And, you know, in school they teach her this thing's all right. She just hadn't come to a meeting where I was. And the Spirit of God fell on me. And she didn't even know I knew anything about it. And I walked back there and laid hands on her and God delivered her. Things tormenting her. You need prayer, sis? Come on. Okay. Have you had a doctor tell you nothing? Just was it just like it beats fast or? Um, it beats fast a few times. It's like a, it's like it really hard and pain. Okay. 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 Well, you don't need that. You got a ministry to fulfill. You don't need nothing to pull you down physically. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's come over here and put your hands on her heart. She's going to spread her hands out where I can put my hand on top of it. That's all right. That okay? Because I try to do things in order. It goes in you right. Jeez. Drop. In Jesus' name, you're healed, made whole, made whole. Glory, thank you, Lord. That's gonna be all right. My God, I felt that miracle. Feels good to be free, don't it? You got a church? You don't have a home church? Find you one. Which area you live in? Huh? Ain't too far to come up here. Pastor, right there. I'll be here in the morning, eleven o'clock. Be in this service. Be in this service in the morning. And lady right there is a good pastor, good teacher. She'll work with you. Come on, sis. What you need, Lord? Heart failure. Okay. What kind of What kind of trouble do you have? Um, every symptom of a heart attack. Just weakness, fatigue, pain. Deep start, um, start heart just start heart pain. Okay. Okay. Palpitation. Um, my heart racing. Okay. Like super fast. Yeah. I feel it in my throat. Right. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Take your glasses off. Medications. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How many you take? Two a day. They got me on it for eleven more months. Blood thinners. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Beta blockers. Yeah. Water pill blood thinners. You got a good church? I do. Okay. Yeah. Good man. Mm-hmm. Good woman. 
Thank a lot of them. Go ahead and raise your hands. You believe the Word? The prayer of faith? Shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if they commit any sins, they shall be forgiven them. That's what the Word says. The prayer of faith? I'm fixing to put my hands on you. I'm fixing to pray the prayer of faith for you. God's going to do a creative miracle. He's going to go through you. He's going to take care of all this. He's going to work a miracle in you. Just don't leave God's people alone. Will no. Go ahead and raise your hands. You can. You got a time of daily prayer. I don't because it's kind of like a I get disciplined to discipline yourself. Make it. You gonna walk with God? You gotta have discipline. You gotta have that time with the Lord. You're married, right? Mm-hmm. You and your husband need to learn to pray together. You need your time apart. Y'all need to pray together every day. I don't care if it's 10 minutes. You need to pray together. But you need that relationship with God. One-on-one with Him. So you can grow. You can't grow without it. You'll hear a lot of good preaching, but ain't nothing going to take root and grow. Until you get that relationship. Because everything that's revealed in you is going to have to grow. has to be by the Spirit. If you ain't growing in the Spirit, ain't nothing going to happen. Amen. Raise your hands up there. You got the same guy that will leave you. She unpacked her stuff. There was a Bible in the top. She said, oh, my God, I ain't picking that Bible up in a year. She was right. But it didn't stop there. That was probably the start of depression. But nobody laid hands on her. God pulled her back into place. She started speaking to God. Come out and speak to the devil like a bear. Lord, didn't let me see it. 
He did not let me see it. I'd come home because I was on the road preaching and she'd be up around cleaning the house, cleaning, doing everything, checking the door by the driveway. She got back to bed. The Lord didn't wake her. Mama didn't wake her. Like what that faith, that testimony is. She thought it was true. Now she got the kill that time. You ever whip a devil? Jonah. You hear me? You ever whip him? Get victory on Jonah that time. He couldn't bother you. <laughs> oh! Stuck wood out. I mean, I stand. Be bound. Be loosed. Leave her mind in Jesus' name. You know, people don't understand all right. It's spirit. Y'all, it's the spirit. Yeah, everybody gets old, you know. No, it's a spirit. It's an infirm spirit. I prayed for so many people on the evangelistic field that had arthritis and and they couldn't hardly walk and they come up and they'd be running, shouting, jumping, and ran up down the aisles after that spirit left them. It's a spirit. This man right here loves my preaching. Spent years in the Assemblies of God and Church of God and uh, they started coming to my meetings back in 09, 010. Sister Kathy started driving the whole thing. And he looked at Kathy and said, you know, he said, I don't preach like that. I ain't never heard him preach like that. Well, nothing that's like that. <laughs> God just slowly but surely brought him under this word. And now he loves him. Hosians Rotne in Aidina. Oh, in Jesus' name, be bound. Loosen. Go. Hallelujah. Oh, boy, I felt that one. It went, didn't it? Hallelujah. Still serving God all these years. Amen. Still serving God. I hope you all had a good time tonight. Now we'll be in service again tomorrow at 11. If y'all can come, and I know some of you got your church, but if y'all can come, come on, be with us. Try to get here about 10.30 and we'll go to prayer. Amen. We'll go to prayer. And I believe in prayer. And when we first started this church, it was in November. We started here in July 2015. In November of 2015, I was kneeled down right there. And I saw a spirit of prayer get a hold of people in this church. And they started praying. And I saw a power of deliverance go all the way around this church for five miles. Start drawing people. Start bringing them in. Start drawing them in, healing, delivering them, setting them free. And I saw myself in a vision. I was standing right here. Those doors was open, and a car come up the road this way. Got right in front of the church doors on the road. Man rolled his window down, pointed his finger out. 
He said, the God in that church is real. I told Sister Pat Willis, her mama founded this church. I said, you don't know it. I said, but God had your mama found this church. So this word be preached right here. We fought some battles up here. Hard battles. This word been fought. I was on radio up here for over two years, and I delivered the word of the Lord. What was the LJA? The LJ station in Jasper. They said that word went out over 17 counties in Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina. There's some word been declared up here. People don't want it. That's all right. There'll be a day they'll need it. But God ain't through in LJ. God is only getting warmed up in LJ. Y'all appreciate this word? Take it and do something with it. Amen? Take it and run with it. And those of y'all can come back and be with us in the morning, come back and be with us. I know there's... Some other people's text me about coming. I didn't know if they're going to come tonight. I'm going to tell you, I get a chance to sit under this kind of preaching. I'm going to sit under it. This kind of deliverance, you don't find it every day. So pray for us. And we're going to pray and be dismissed. All hearts and minds clear. Everybody good? Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. Thank you for the working of your spirit, for the moving of the Holy Ghost, the lives you've touched, the healings you've wrought. It's all by you, through your power, through your name, Jesus. Lord, I can do nothing, but I can do all things through the Christ. I do nothing save what I see my Father do. As Jesus said, I can do nothing, Lord. I give you honor and praise and glory in Jesus' name. Be with your people. Keep them. Those that can come back tomorrow, bring them back. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. And like I said, if you can, be back tomorrow.